0: I'm Georgia Martell and you're listening to the Oh Shit Twins podcast, a podcast created to directly talk to the parents of multiples. I'm going to be interviewing Alison Perry, content curator and writer. We're going to be discussing all things twin mom life, the IVF process, how she's adjusted to her life with twins and her upcoming book that's coming out in March. So stay tuned. Hi Alison, so I just want to again thank you for agreeing to be on the Oh Shit Twins podcast. Hello. So today (laughs) is just going to be all motherhood adjustments. Before you had your twins you had a daughter. Yeah. already and also yeah. you went through the IVF process to have your twins I did yes so we're going to be talking about that and then exciting stuff around the about around the upcoming book and how that happened and how you even managed to write a book with twins <laughs> that's an accomplishment not, all by itself I'm not even sure how I did it to be honest <laughs> that's the thing when yeah. you're multiple parent, you just like you just do it you feel like how do you cope I don't know I just, just, do it. I just yeah so after your first daughter, did you always think that you wanted to have more children and things like that so try and keep
1: this succinct and brief because I, <laughs> I have a tendency to waffle about this stuff so I guess before I before I had her I always thought I always imagined myself to have you know maybe two children and you know maybe even three and then when, when, we, when we had her nearly 10 years ago I suffered from fairly bad PND mm and I didn't know it was PND at the time I didn't get it diagnosed I didn't realize I just thought that I was really bad at this motherhood stuff I just Mm -hmm. thought I was struggling and not coping as well as all of my friends and so for maybe two or three years I really agonized over whether I wanted more children or not because I knew deep down that I did want more children but I didn't know if I was strong enough to potentially go through the same scenario again so I think my daughter was maybe three when my husband and I were like, okay, come on, let's, we, we can do this. Let's, let's try for another child. Mm-hmm. And then we basically didn't get pregnant, didn't get pregnant. And it was five years from that point oh, wow. mm-hmm. until we had the twins. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a couple of years of, you know, trying to see what happens. Like I came yeah. off the pill and just yeah. let's just see what happens and then it was like oh actually this this isn't working should we go and speak to someone about this and then there was fertility treatment and eventually then two rounds of IVF and then the second round of IVF worked so in a bit of a nutshell (laughs) that's how we
0: got to getting yeah getting pregnant with the twins. Just to backtrack a little when did it go from okay we're just trying and nothing's happening to go into like a fertility clinic? I actually went to a I guess uh,
1: a women's health doctor I'm not sure what what his title would have been because I was having really bad hormone fluctuations Mm -hmm. and it was really affecting my mental health and I actually went to him to get treatment for that And he put me on to medicine, which I think adjusted my insulin levels. And he advised me to kind of cut back on sugar that I was, you know, eating and drinking. And that really helped. But then basically just through conversations with him... I don't know whether he was just touting for more business because I, I, was see, I was seeing him on the NHS, but a lot of his business was private. So I don't know if he was just touting for more business. And he was like, so anyway, you know, you've been trying for you know, another baby for two years. That's quite a long time. Mm. And it was just kind of this conversation with him where we were like, oh yeah, actually, we should do well. something about this. Mm. But annoyingly, because we already had a child, we weren't um, eligible for any kind of NHS That's fertility true. treatment. Mm-hmm. So it was basically a case of, well, actually, we had fertility treatment on the NHS where it was, they gave us medication I took in case that helped my, you know, my fertility increase. So they give you that on the NHS. But when it comes to actually IVF, they're like, no, actually, we can't do anything more for you. You've got to go to... Um, A private hospital for that so that was quite a gutting moment where it was like this is gonna cost us so much money and we haven't got so much money but oh we've come this far you know so it was tricky it was hard
0: so then now the IVF treatment how was the toll on your body for you because I know from speaking to other mums the injections and hormones it, it can really be yeah there's a lot on you as a person and hormonally and stuff like that
1: it's tough and I think because I had had quite a few years of hormone fluctuations yeah I I was almost I was quite well prepared for it okay and I had done a bit of reading and chatting to friends who'd been through it and one of my good friends had been through it just a few months earlier so I was kind of I was kind of with the same doctor, bizarrely. So I was kind of like just watching her every move and asking her questions. Like, how, do you, how are you feeling? And what's that like? Mm-hmm. And I think it was one, that, one of those things that the first round that we did, we did it over a summer and with IVF, usually you have to go in for, so you're injecting yourself over the course of like two weeks mm-hmm. and you have to go in like every sort of two days. It does vary from clinic to clinic, but you have to go in very regularly to be scanned. So yeah. that they can see whether it's working and whether, you know, there are eggs, you know, could produced and all that kind of stuff. So you're kind of, you can't really go anywhere and you have to, this is, this is going to a bit of detail, but you have to inject yourself with hormones at the same time, every single day. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing this at like 7.15, it had to be like 7.15, it can't be 7.16, it had to be 7.15 um, every evening, which meant that I couldn't go, out. I couldn't go meet friends for dinner or for mm. you know, or drinks or whatever. And so I really felt like it kind of emotionally, it took a lot out of me that summer because I felt like I dedicated the whole summer. And we didn't, we couldn't go on holiday anywhere. We obviously didn't have the money to go on holiday. So I really felt that we kind of invested the whole summer into this IVF treatment. Um, then when it didn't work it just felt like oh my goodness like yeah. all of that you know the, the cost the emotional input we've put into it you know the dreaming about oh you know we could be pregnant in you know in a few weeks time you know yeah. imagine and that means in nine months time when you kind of plan forward and you think oh you know what if and then all of a sudden it's like no you get, you know, you get a period and it's like, oh, right. Okay. So didn't All of that, that was for nothing. And it's really, I've written a
0: few blog posts about it. It's, I think it's really, it's emotionally tough. It's really hard. Mm. And then when you did your second round and that worked, and then you found out twins. Twins. <laughs> How was that for you? <laughs> well,
1: you know, bizarrely. So the second time we had two eggs put back in Mm -hmm. um and they always obviously say to you there's a risk of multiple pregnancies and they they generally don't like to encourage you to put loads of eggs back in yeah
0: because
1: you know there's there's a real high risk with multiple pregnancies as you know yeah and so we had two eggs put back in and we went for a six-week viability scan so when you know got you know positive pregnancy test amazing couldn't believe it i actually had had a bit of spotting like the day before and was convinced that that was it you know yeah.
0: mm-hmm. it
1: hasn't worked again and i was texting a friend of mine who had been through and a different friend who'd been through ivf recently or she'd been through it a few times actually and um, she was like, Alison, no, you're pregnant. It's, it's the implantation bleeding, you're, you're, you're pregnant. She was convinced. Mm-hmm. And you are like, I, no. And I was like, don't raise my hopes. But I was, and it was amazing to get that positive pregnancy test. So then six weeks later, the clinic get, get, got us back in for a viability scan, just to make sure that you know, the egg is implanted mm-hmm. properly, where it should be, that it's not like topic pregnancy. So we went in, had a scan, the consultant who had done the procedure scanned me and she was like, um, great, there's the sack, there's the heartbeat, all's looking fine, it's in the right place, off you pop. So <laughs> off we went. We were like, great, everything's <laughs> fine. Everything's tickety-boo. And it wasn't until maybe five, not six weeks later, we went for our regular 12-week scan at the hospital mm-hmm. And we walked into the scanning room and the uh, sonographer said, is this your first scan? And we said, no, we've, we've already had a scan. Um, like, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, old hat at this. This is, this is no problem for us. And the sonographer said, oh, so you know, it's just the one then. We were like, yeah, yeah, we know it's just the one. Mm-hmm. And they started scanning us and they said, hang on a minute, you were told it was just one. <laughs> and my husband and I were like yes why <laughs> and yeah they were like yeah, it's two it's twins and we just could not believe that we'd been for a scan already and we'd been told it was one, one and also hour. this consultant she had put two eggs back in me herself mm. so you'd think <laughs> so she'd you having a, a chance <laughs> why wasn't she having a good old rummage with you know with the you know the sonograph why wasn't she properly checking so, yeah, it was a bit of a shock at 12 weeks to discover that we were having two when we'd been kind of quite smugly thinking everything's fine and it's just the
0: one. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're prepared. We're prepared yeah. for one. We can do this. We've done it before. <laughs> so now it's twins and planning mm. for that exciting new addition to your family. Yeah. So we were, we were like in shock. I don't know what you were like oh, when you I discovered was it. Looking twins. back, it's obvious I was in shock. It w- yeah after I stopped doing all the Google searches of what, all the possibilities that could happen, yeah, I was just walking, uh, yeah, I was in shock. <laughs> because you're just like, how the hell do I prepare for this? In your mind, yeah. you just always think one baby. So Ooh. just in your head, you're like, okay, yep, you know, you're budgeting, you know, a car seat costs this much, this, then everything is, oh, oh, lovely, double everything. Yeah,
1: and if you're thinking, what do I need two of? And what can I get away with doing one of? Yeah, yeah. And because, you know, even when you have this one baby, you have all these people telling you, you must buy this, you must buy that, you know, you've got to have this is the essential buy. And then you buy it and you don't ever use it. And you think, Mm. well, that was a waste of money. And so you think, well, that's going to be twice over. What, you know, we're going to be buying two of everything that we don't need. Mm. Yeah, it's so much to take in, isn't it? It it is. But how was your
0: pregnancy generally? I was
1: really, really lucky with my pregnancy. So. We were told at that 12-week scan that it was identical twins sharing one placenta. And for that reason, they were worried about twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. I had the same thing, yeah. And so from 16 weeks, they got me in every two weeks for a scan, Mm -hmm. which partly was a pain in the backside because especially, like, I had to get a train to the, the hospital and, like, you know, taking my massive... Pregnant belly Mm -hmm. waddling down to the train station in the in the heat of the summer. It was two years ago in two thousand and eighteen, and I don't know if you remember. We had we had a big heat wave. Your girls must have been around about one then, yeah. And we had such a heat wave; it was literally like forty degrees. And there was me waddling down to the train station with my big bump to go for these scans. And but also, it was really nice and reassuring because it meant that every two weeks, I had somebody say, "Yeah, everything's fine. Don't worry." And then really weirdly, we're now pretty much convinced that they're not identical twins because Mm. my girls look so different. Mm. Like, you know, they're just like, they couldn't be more different in personality and appearance. So I actually now think that part of the reason that my pregnancy was so smooth running was because they weren't identical. And I think maybe two placentas fused, which can happen. Mm. Mm. Looks like one placenta and so the whole pregnancy they thought that I was much higher risk than I actually was mm. but at least I got lots of scans and you know reassurance
0: <laughs> I remember the scans and it was reassuring but also you held your breath because sometimes they they're doing the scan they're not even you know they go going to doctor talk and you're yes. like they're like, okay, you're going like to tell me. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, everything's fine, everything's fine. I'm like, oh, okay, I can breathe now. But they go off into their little, their conversations. They and you're do. just sitting there like, I need you to tell me if everything's okay so I can just let, you know, exhale. And I also remember, because, you
1: know, when you're pregnant, especially kind of later on, you're not meant to lie on your back, are you? Mm-hmm. You're meant to lie on your side. Bad, yeah. and so I've been lying there on my back for ages being scanned. And there were times when I was actually about to pass out. And I don't know if it was to do with the way that things were pressing on nerves or what it was but there was maybe two or three times when I had to say to them I'm gonna have to sit up and get a drink of water I'm really I feel like I'm gonna be sick here yeah. and like to me I, I couldn't even imagine having scans that would make me feel that way because I'm just so used to you know my, my first pregnancy would just kind of like jump on the bed have a quick scan off you go, go you going, yeah but they're there scanning you for like 45 minutes or an yeah. hour, checking so many things, yeah, which is yeah. good. It's, you know, you want them to be checking
0: everything. So so now your lovely daughters have arrived. Yes. And <laughs> how was just readjusting, because Obviously, you do have a daughter before, mm. readjusting to now having two babies in the house and still having to manage everything and, the g- and, and give, the, give your first daughter some attention.
1: Yeah it was a real challenge and because she was she was eight She'd just turned eight when they were born and it was a real challenge that so we, we put loads of effort when I was pregnant we put loads of effort into chatting to her about the situation mm-hmm. and she was so excited I mean kind of for years she had played like mums and dads and pretended that she had two little twin sisters and they were, called, they, were called, they, were, they were called Lucy and Lily. And and so when she discovered she was having twin sisters, she was just beside herself with excitement. So we had to kind of like temper that a little bit by saying to her, you know, they're gonna be, you can't play with them when they first, they're first born, they're gonna be really boring, gonna cry a lot. There's gonna be things that we can't do because she was so used to being an only child and us like taking her off to the park all the time or, yeah. you know, days out, going up into London you know, going out for lunch, all that kind of stuff. And we were like, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that we're not going to be doing for quite a while. And I was saying to her, you know, they're going to be really annoying. It it sounds crazy, but we
0: were trying to... Manage her expectations.
1: Yes, manage her expectations so that she wasn't massively disappointed when these really boring, crying babies were suddenly around. But it's been, like, she's just been a complete dream in, in a way. Like, she's just she loves them to bits and she's kind of old enough that she understands and, yes. mm-hmm. you know, we can explain to her certain things. Now, yes, we've had moments of her saying, it's not fair, you know, you spend more time with, with the twins than you do with me or, you know, silly little things like that. But
0: I think that's natural. That's her just adjusting, absolutely natural. adjusting yes. to sharing your time. She had you all to herself. Exactly. And actually,
1: since we've been kind of through the pandemic and the lockdown and everything, she she's kind of gone into this slightly sort of preteen sort of stage. She's definitely kind of like growing up to the point where she's really happy. This is probably a really bad thing I've been missing here, but she's really happy to like, sit in the living room watching TV, watching YouTube, playing Minecraft, and being mm. on her own. Mm. Whereas maybe a year ago, two years ago, she was really, almost like a little puppy dog, like come and play with me, come and play yeah. with me, which yeah. we all, all we always did. But it's been quite a nice timing thing where she's kind of retreating into that kind of being quite happy just hanging out on her own in her own company when we have to, you know, we've got these toddlers toddling about and we have to obviously watch them all the time. Like, don't touch that. Oh, be careful. Oh, don't bang your head. You know, our attention is on them more now than ever. Mm. So actually it's quite fortuitous really that she is the age that she is.
0: I remember reading on your Instagram about like, your readjustment as a family unit. So I think I uh, remember correctly, your husband stays, he yes. staying at home? Yes. So how does that... Wow, do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works for everyone, <laughs> anyone's families. But how did that conversation come about? Well, I can imagine it's, look, like, however we're doing it now, something needs to give, something's not working. So how did you do yeah. that conversation go?
1: Well, basically kind of I guess for years while we were trying to have another baby I always had it in the back of my mind that I didn't think I'd be able to spend nine months or a year on maternity leave on my own with a baby and I know that it would have been different because I had my uh, my my older daughter and we did the school run with her and you know it is different to the first time when it's just you and a baby on your own in an empty house with daytime tv So I guess it's always been part of the conversation with us where I've kind of said, I want to need more support. And to begin with, it was a case of thinking, well, do we get my mum to come down from Scotland for three months to live with us? It was that kind of conversation. Yeah. But then as we, when I was pregnant with the twins, my husband was a primary school teacher. And we just had this conversation of, I think it was me that brought it up. I kind of said, you know, it kind of doesn't really make any sense because so doing the job that I do being a writer and podcasting and doing a bit of influencer work I make more money than he does as a primary school teacher Mm -hmm. and I think this doesn't really make any sense that you know two weeks after the twins are born you trot back off to primary school teaching Mm -hmm. you know he's working long hours and like primary school teachers oh my god Goodness, the work they put in, the planning, the marking—it is nuts.
0: And I honestly believe that they should be getting paid the same as like city boys in the city. Of course, of course. I've got friends that are teachers, and literally, I don't see them until half term because they've got so much work to do.
1: So much to do, and it's such an important job that they're doing. Like they're shaping the minds of these little kids. I, you know, I could talk about two hours, it makes me so cross that they're paid so little. But yeah, we just thought this doesn't make any sense. And then, so if I'm not, you know, earning any money and I'm on my own with three children and you're working long hours. So we basically decided that he would take a bit of a career break mm-hmm. and be at home. And then I think the twins were maybe, I think they were like three months old when I started doing a couple of little bits and pieces of work, but properly when I went back to work they were probably five months old Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: it was ideal because it meant that I could be working I was working from home yeah so I was still breastfeeding them until they were 10 months old so it meant I could do a bit of work pop in play with them feed them come back and do a bit more work it was just it just felt like the luckiest situation to be in Mm -hmm. and so the the twins are currently twenty one month old i think you lose track don't you yeah right about this time round about this time you lose track and my husband's still off and yeah at the moment it's working really well and he's been able to kind of do the homeschooling of my eldest while she's been mm. off school as well so oh and him, him being of... a teacher exactly. <laughs> <laughs> i've been doing a bit here and there but he's definitely better than me like you know he's he's got the training he yeah. knows what he's doing he understands fractions for a start which i'm just like oh, i don't know what is going on here
0: I'm definitely like me my um other half i'm like i do i'll do the science because i love science in school and you do the maths that is not my <laughs> maths is not my strong point <laughs> so in between all this, obviously, how long have you actually been like blogging and writing? And well, my eldest
1: was nine months old when I started my blog, so
0: okay,
1: well... nine nine years. It was it was June that I started it, so yeah, so nine years I started my blog, and yeah, Instagram obviously more recently mm-hmm. when when obviously that that launched. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a while. I feel quite like a while. I've
0: been around. Yeah, so well, that's good because sometimes people see, because obviously you've got a, a, a book, upcoming book coming out. Yes. Sometimes it seems like everything's very quick for people. But if you've been, like, you know, writing, blogging for nine years. Yeah, yeah. It, and before you've that, put, so... you've, you've put a bit of work in before the, the book deal. <laughs> I have put a bit of work in.
1: Before I was blogging, so when I had my first and um, my eldest, I was on maternity leave from working. Um, in magazines so yeah. I worked at More magazine if you remember Moore magazine but I, I was working um, at Moore when I was on maternity leave the first time round. so yeah I feel like I've been like writing yeah. since I left uni really yeah
0: yeah so how did you even you know manage a book deal how did all that happen in the midst of <laughs> motherhood twins have been life built
1: I know I know well something I was thinking about for quite a few years and I kind of I guess I kind of put the idea to the back of my head because I was put off by the idea of being almost like just another insta-mom who's writing a book about motherhood mm-hmm. and I didn't want to, I guess, be kind of like put in that box and for people to dismiss me. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking, oh my goodness, that is crazy. Like, why am I letting my fears, that classic thing, isn't it, of listening to those fears? and allowing that to stop you from actually trying. Yeah. I think I'm quite bad not trying, just in case I fail. <laughs> I'll be like, no, 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 and I'll make excuses. No, I'm not doing that because, but really it's because I'm scared that I won't succeed. Mm. Um, but actually when I was pregnant, I was, or even before that, I think, I was pulling together book ideas and I had a whole different book proposal, which I pitched to, I not remember how I did it, I think I pitched it directly to the publisher Mm -hmm. and at the same time I was talking to a few different literary agents as well and it all kind of happened at the same time where I think almost like one helped me secure the other if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because I because I had a publisher interested my literary agent was interested
0: and vice versa you joined joined the dots.
1: yeah I I had a friend who said to me it's a bit like dating you have to almost like pretend that you're popular to then become popular. <laughs> like pretend you've got loads of men after you and then the men will come after you. Oh, of it. course. there's always <laughs> the way. So so yeah, I actually pitched a completely different book idea. Um and then I went in for, for a meeting, but the, the publisher basically said to me, I'm not quite sure this book's gonna work. It's too similar to an idea that we've already that we've already got, but I really like you and what you're doing. So come mm-hmm. in for a chat. And between us so we came up with this idea of well, actually, why don't we do a book about twins? Mm-hmm. And it's just been the most incredible amount of hard work. I completely underestimated how much work it would be. And because in my head, I was like, well, if it's 20 chapters, it'll just be like 20 magazine articles or 20 blog posts, and that's fine. You know, I can, I can do, do that. that. And I was given a deadline of, I think it was January of this year. And beginning of December, I was like, I think I'll I'll start writing the book now (laughs) like complete (laughs) complete idiot and then as I started kind of wading through what I needed to do and realizing the huge amount of work that was ahead of me I was just like oh my goodness what have I done I'm such an idiot and luckily I managed to get my deadline extended and then completely coincidentally it kind of it kind of, my deadline was running up at the same time that this pandemic kicked Hit. off in the mm-hmm. UK. And my publisher said to me, we're having to push back all of the all of the publication dates. So it's been pushed back from September to March. And I was like, phew, yes, <laughs> so actually, actually, I've got longer to write this book. But no, I'm really proud of it. It's, uh, you know, it's not often I will say that something that I have done is blooming brilliant, but it really is. Oh, and I feel it's really amazing. weird saying that. I've interviewed like over 60 or 70 experts and twin mums and pulled together all of their stories and created what will hopefully be a really helpful, useful guide to the emotional roller coaster. It's really kind of like focus on the emotions because there are books out there that will tell you, you know, these are the issues you might have these complications that you might have with twin pregnancies. This is, you know, what your breath will look like and all of that information is in there but it really focuses on how you're feeling, yeah what's going through your head, you're giving yourself permission to feel all the emotions that you're feeling, even mm. if they're conflicting with each other, and just yeah helping you through that whole process
0: because that's the hardest that's the hardest part i think obviously i don't have any I never had any children before, mm. and I don't have anyone around me that's had twins, so even though I'm very well supported, they're still and also, my girls went through the whole NICU, being born at 27 weeks. Yes, it was extremely isolating. But it's it's ice. So even though I had people, it's the thoughts that run yeah. through your head because you can't share. No one understands that. Even though they, you know, everyone's trying to be empathetic and supportive, which they are. Yeah, they don't actually know what it feels like. So now, when I've like came back onto social media because I came off of like everything. So then, when I've like got twins or multiple parents and they say certain things i'm like oh my god you totally understand you get it
1: yeah you get it
0: like <laughs> were so, you uh, in a, did you join any kind of like twin facebook groups or anything like that i did all of that quite late later on i didn't mm. even i don't know it's really strange i didn't think not that you don't think they existed i just think i was so wrapped up in what's going on i yeah. didn't really look i um, think so that that's almost like you know you've got two roots. you
1: either go down the route of I'm just so immersed in what I'm going through right now and all I need is what's around me yeah or you have the other route which is I need to read everything I need to speak to everybody I need all the information in my head do you know what I mean like I think you're either one that kind of person or you're kind of that because
0: I started off that in the beginning and then me my other half was like no I need to come off because you get keep on getting told you know this risk that risk this and it was it was information overload so then I just literally said you know what I'm just gonna come off and just not look at anything read up bits and bobs but try and not go into a google time warp (laughs) just sit there like just having information thrown at me because that's something
1: that I, I struggled with when writing the book actually I didn't struggle with it but it was something that I was really mindful of was giving all of the risks and facts, mm. especially around twin-to-twin um, transfusions and, you know, and, like, the real serious risk that's really important that pregnant twin mums are aware of the, the signs to look out for, yeah. that they can look out for themselves, like the tightening of, of you know, of um, the belly and that kind of stuff, but without scaremongering, because yeah. the last thing you want is to make a perfectly calm, happy, pregnant twin mum read something and kind of get them really feeling anxious and worried because that's not going to help anybody so getting that balance right is is quite hard I think
0: it is hard it is hard and everyone reacts to information differently so in my case I'm pretty good with the factual stuff but then I feel calm but then my emotions like later on it might hit me like the next day then my mind is just like processing it all yeah so I'm a bit delayed Mm. and then I'm just like oh my god like this is a lot this is a lot to deal with yeah Um, so it was a mixture of was it interviews and you said facts yeah it's
1: yeah it's yeah I've, I've got loads of experts on there so like you know midwives psychotherapists nutritionists women's health you know physios just like basically everybody who might have something useful to say about about the the kind of twin pregnancy and birth and the first few months along with loads of different stories from twin mums you know because I've only got my experience so I only know I only really know what happened to me so I've interviewed loads of twin mums and it just took such a long time as you would expect because Partly because when I get chatting to, you know, other people and they're telling you about their you know experiences, okay. I just kind of want to know more. So I'm just, mm-hmm. so it takes like an hour of chatting and then I've got to kind of like pull out the kind of relevant bits Bitch. and like shape it into something for the book. So yeah, it took months, it took months, but I'm so, so pleased with how it's turned out. And I, I've had so many messages from like twin mums saying, I'm having my twins next week or next month you know is there any chance you can send me an early copy of the book oh you know, like, that's amazing I, I really need it now rather than next next year it's no good to be next year so that's a really good sign I think I think that mm. people I think twin mums really need this book so
0: that's good so you said it's released in March did you say March, March? yeah okay so, so so by then we should be able to have a good party. Exactly. So, it goes so, so COVID yes. heavy, you could actually enjoy and celebrate your release of your books. I'm sure exactly. you want to actually like do the rounds and have some events around the book.
1: I do, and I really want to do. I really basically want to have. A, whether this will happen because of budget or not, I don't know, but I really want to have like a mum's night out knees up, where it's just like people can come yeah. along and have a few drinks and have a night off. That to me, that's like the perfect book launch. Like I've been to so many, I don't want to kind of, you know, upset anybody whose book launches I've been to in the past, but I've been to so many where it's like a sit down dinner and there's like 12 people around the, you know, around, (laughs) and it's all very kind of like exclusive posting on Instagram. Here I am at this person's book launch, which is lovely. And you're very privileged to be invited to that kind of event. I'm just like, nah, let's just get loads of mums in for a few glasses of fizz <laughs> and a really nice
0: chat, and actually, that's, that's when you know you're to. multiple one because all you want to do when it's your chance to go out is just have <laughs> a bloody good time. <laughs> yes, I'm like, I don't want to sit down. I don't no. want to sit down and chat. <laughs> I want to hear some music. I want to drink, it's yes. especially this pandemic. Oh it's been it's been a lot we need
1: yeah release <laughs> I can't even imagine being in a buzzy room filled with people oh. you know all drinking you know you know having a drink of wine or whatever and music in the background to me that just feels like such an alien concept right now I can't even it picture it so th-
0: it's, <laughs> does the book focus on pregnancy or literally right up until like up to three four five or
1: no so it's like so it starts off at the moment you find out which is obviously okay. a pretty big moment mm-hmm. through pregnancy the birth is it's, it's in three sections of the book so it's basically the pregnancy and then it's quite a few chapters on the birth mm-hmm. and then it's the first the first three months or the fourth trimester okay um and then there's a sort of section at the end which is kind of like look ahead to what you've got to look forward to so it's I guess things like weaning and potty training and mm-hmm. you know the first holiday you go on with your with your twins but that's just like you know a bit of a sort of brief look ahead to mm-hmm. kind of what's coming a lot of this stuff I haven't even done myself so I
0: haven't potty trained my twins so I'm like oh yeah <laughs> I've it's got tough. that joy to come it's, it's, yeah yeah let's leave it at, at joy it's, it's a, jo- yeah. <laughs> a joy <joystick. laughs> But, um, but yeah, I just want to thank you for the interview and your time. Oh, really has love been lovely. in the book. Yes, I'll send you a copy. And you can come to my party. Oh, yes, <laughs> I will be coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to wrap it up there, so thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. No worries. This is it. This is the last episode of the season. Thanks for supporting, listening and sharing. If you want to get in contact with me, email me at hello at ohshittwins.com. If you want to get involved, you have any ideas for the next season, or just want to give me your feedback, drop me an email. Thanks for listening to the Oh Shit Twins podcast. You can find me, Georgia Martell, on Facebook and Instagram at Oh Shit Twins. And please don't forget to like, share and subscribe.